Here, okay, I'm going to start it right now. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where uh, where this time around we um, we get into every album or we try to rank every album from whatever band we're doing this week. And this week we're doing the Rolling Stones because we're doing their record, their Satanic Majesty's, uh, their Satanic Majesty's Request. Uh, so yeah, we're going to be doing... We're going to be doing this a little bit differently because they have like 26 or 27 records. And uh, I only listened to the first 17 and Jeff listened to all of them, but we're not going to rank them all because that's stupid because <laughs> there's way too many. So we're going to do our bottom three Stones records and our top six, as weird as that sounds, our top six Rolling Stones records because it doesn't make any sense. But before we do that, we are, we're going to get into our six degrees of Tom DeLonge. And before we do that, I want you all to go to iTunes and rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. And if you didn't already know, my name is Tyler. And we out there, hundreds of miles away, we out there in the ether, is Jeff. Now, let's just hop into our Six Degrees of Tom DeLong. Oh, yeah. So if, if you know anybody knows the Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, it's the same that. idea, but with Tom DeLong and the band that we're doing this week. So what do you got, Jeff? Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Okay. Scrolling is hard. Oh, okay. yeah. So I have, I have three here. And what uh-huh. I did this week was I, I, have, I have a theme. I did a theme. Okay. Themes they're are fun all, sometimes. They're all in line with the theme. The theme is Tom DeLong movies. Movies okay. and right. cinema that Tom DeLong has been in. Or been a part of, at least. Or been a part of. Um, okay. The first. The first, I'm going to... Uh, I guess I'll start with this one. Okay, so Brian first Jones... What? Brian Brian Jones played some percussive stuff on Jimi Hendrix's version of All Along the Watchtower. Okay, interesting. Uh, Hendrix met and played with Clapton in 1966 at some like London Polytech University. From what I, I gathered, it was kind of like the first time they ever met, and they just started jamming together. And, and Hendrix came out, and Clapton was like blown away by how crazy he was. So that's right. cool. Um, <laughs> Eric Clapton played with Cyndi Lauper. Okay, yeah, makes and, sense. And, and that was an easy one because Cindy Lauper has done so much with so many people. So when I got to her, it was it got a lot easier. Um, okay. Lauper acted in a movie called Vibes with, uh, with Jeff Goldblum. Never okay. heard of it. Have you? No. Okay. Nope. Probably don't, really never bad. heard of it. Yeah, don't care. Uh, Jeff Goldblum played in a movie called Independence Day. Oh, great movie. With... Vivica A. Fox. Okay. And Vivica A. Fox was in a movie, a little thing called Idle Hands. I knew you were going to do the Idle mm-hmm. Hands reference. I knew you were going to do it. Mm-hmm. That was, that was the first one. Okay. I actually went backwards on this one. I started with Idle Hands, and then I kind of just went through the actors or actresses that I knew of that were popular, and then I tried to go backwards on that one. 
to make it a little That's easier. <laughs> okay. That was, that was my first one, but I got two more. Not bad, not bad. Uh, I don't have an overall theme, but this th- I'll start with my weak, my weakest one first. Um, this one starts with Keith Richards. And uh, so his third record, Cross-Eyed Heart, which came out, I think, in 2010 or something like that. Uh, Nora Jones is featured on that. She sings a duet with him on that. And Nora Jones very recently put out a record with Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day, a collab album. And if you didn't know, Billy Joe Armstrong is good friends with the band. And then they did that big pop disaster tour back in 2000. And that's my connection. Kind of cheap because I went from the records to a tour, but... You know, that's that's whatever. that's fine. That's, it's the tour and then the DVD, the writing advance with boys. You can make that connection too. Yeah, you know, that's the, fine. I'll allow it. You'll allow it. Okay, thank you. So that that's yes. my only weak one. The other one's pretty solid. So, what's your number two? Okay, my number two, uh, Charlie Watts and Bill Lyman. They both played on this album called the London Howlin' Wolf Sessions mm-hmm. in in 1970. Obviously, it was uh, it was led by Howlin' Wolf, and there. I mean, this whole like. I was looking into this thing too. There's a slew of mus- uh, musicians that also play on this very famous thing that I'm really interested in hearing. I would like to like to get like to get around to it one day. But okay. um, uh, so that that wasn't that wasn't the connection though. That that was they played on that with Clapton. Mm-hmm. That was my first connection. Okay. So Charlie Watts, Bill Lyman played with Clapton on this Howlin' Wolf Sessions um, record. Clapton has played with Elton John numerous times mm-hmm. and lent guitarist to two tracks, uh, Runaway, Runaway Train from mm-hmm. one of his 90s albums he lent guitarist to. So Clapton and Elton John, boom. Elton John and Eminem famously mm-hmm. performed together at the Grammys in like the early 2000s. Okay. Eminem was featured on Drop the World by Lil Wayne. Not going that route, though. <laughs> Lil Wayne dated Christina Milan, and Christina really? Milan was in American Pie. Oh, my God. With with the Blink Boys. With the Blink Boys, baby. So <laughs> what is, what's your third? I'm trying to think. What other movie were they in? They were they were in The Simpsons. They were in Mad TV. So you, I, It's I not know. a movie. It's a TV show. Okay, so I think I know where you're going to go with this one because it's okay. really fast and really easy. But Okay, so that was your number two. Not bad. Keeping in theme. I like it. Uh, let's see here. This next one is also a little bit cheap because this is only like a few shows or like a very small tour that he, that this person did to connect to Tom. So we start with uh, John Lennon, who was featured on this record that we're doing today several times. So we have John Lennon to his son, Sean Lennon, <laughs> who plays in plays with Les Claypool. So we have Les Claypool going to Buckethead because they were in a band together and they're very good friends. So we have Les Claypool to Buckethead and we then we have Buckethead to Josh Freeze because they were both in Guns N' Roses. Oh, there we go. So then Josh Freeze played with Blink-182 on their tour that Travis couldn't do because he broke his wrist or his arm or something like that. So there you go. So John Lennon to Sean Lennon to Les Claypool to Buckethead to Josh Freeze to Blink. Boom. Got him. That was your best one? No, no, no. My best one's coming up. Okay, because that wasn't. I was saying uh, this one was kind of weak. That's what I was. That, saying. Yeah, that one was weak because you're using Josh Freeze, and that's weak. <laughs> okay, it's too easy. It's it's like using Dave Grohl. Like Dave Grohl comes up a lot, and I I try not to use him ever because it's okay. too easy. Uh, okay. 
Oh yeah. So here's here's uh here's this one. Okay. Uh, the infamous mm-hmm. Altamont Free Concert, right? We that's the the Stones and the Hell's Angels, but there are a ton of bands playing there, including Santana, who opened for the Stones. Santana did an album with Herbie Hancock. Mm-hmm. Herbie Hancock performed with Snoop at oh like a God. jazz con like a jazz honoring concert in 2013 <laughs> so bad okay there we go there we go this gets good uh snoop dog performed a song called pocket like it's hot <laughs> what the fuck? with andy milanakis <laughs> oh my that's even worse pocket that's like it's even hot worse. Okay, okay, okay. and uh, Andy Milanakis was in the movie Waiting with Ryan Reynolds, and Ryan Reynolds was in a TV show called Two Guys and a Girl, and oh, yeah. Blink were guest stars in that I didn't show. Know they were on that show. Like, yeah, I I never even heard of the show. So you don't remember? Not at all. No, not at oh. all. It, it was originally called Two Guys a Girl and a Pizza Place. Yeah, and then I think after like the first season, they changed it to just Two Guys and a Girl. Yeah, yeah that last like four seasons. I guess Ryan Reynolds was like a part of all four seasons. Yeah, uh, that was like his first like big thing, if you want to call it a big thing. But yeah, and then the girl from um, what was that show Monk? She was on it, and then there was a third guy, but I don't remember who he was at all. Mm. But anyway, no, that's good. It's not bad. Kept in theme. Good job. Mm-hmm. So the last one I have here, call it cheap, call it what you will, but I don't care. I no, thought it was a good cheap. connection. Uh, so we have John Paul Jones, who was also featured on this record that we're doing today. John Paul Jones uh, played in the band uh, Them Cricket Vultures with Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl. <laughs> what? Why That's funny because I just, just Yeah, you just said it, it. And I saved this one for last. Uh, so then Dave Grohl is in the Foo Fighters with Chris Shiflett. Chris Shiflett is also in Me First in the Gimme Gimmies, or was, with Fat Mike. And Travis Barker played on Fat Mike's uh, solo record or the Koki the Clown record. So there's my Tom DeLonge connection. Boom. Got him. <laughs> this, was, this, was, this one was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. It was, it was intense. I, I, did. I, didn't, I didn't find it that, uh, I don't know. I, maybe because I went backwards rather than forwards. Yeah, and it was you easier. know what's weird too? Like I've used very little of the actual band themselves to make my connections. It was featured artists that I got to make the connection to Tom. So that was kind of annoying too on my part, I feel. I was annoyed with my my six degrees. That's right. You know, you can I mean, we'll do, do better. better next time, I guess. You could do know? worse for sure, but you can oh, do better. Yeah, definitely do worse. But Okay, so yeah, those are, those are our six degrees of Tom DeLonge. Let's move on to our, uh, our album rankings. So like we said earlier, we're going to do their bottom three and their top six because that makes sense and uh, we're only doing their first 17 records because that makes even more sense. So pretty much everything up until 1980, that's what we're doing because everything after that, I think mm. everybody can agree is trash. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not trash. Uh, okay. All right. All right. So yeah, but yeah, so that's what we're doing up through the 1980. So then let's go with the start with our bottom three. What do you got for uh, their worst record? Well, let me, let me, I will say that, so they only really have two true 100% stinkers for me. Like overall? Yeah. And what are they? Undercover, 83, and then Dirty Work, 86. Those are just absolute stinkers. Those are, 
those are bad. Like it was hard to get through those ones. Okay. Those were those were those were fucking terrible. Now everything else, kind of in that era too. Everything else post like 1980, post tattoo you, I should say. Like none of it was good. It was all okay at best. Like I would I would still rate it probably like at most. I do like Voodoo Lounge, which was 94. That was okay. That one would get maybe like a 1.2. See, the the idea behind that one sounded really cool when I was reading about it, but it wasn't that good. It was okay. It's, I mean, we've heard this before, like, guys. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's like know. almost all the records. Yeah, they're, they're, they're a one-trick pony, and oh, yeah. sometimes it works, sometimes it's, but it's like, it's never like, it's never god awful. It's always just like, oh fuck again. Okay, go again. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, that, for whatever that's worth, but those are those are like the worst. Was undercover and dirty work. Those were fucking beyond bad. And and, and dirty work. Like I remember, like my mom having the CD and she liked it. And I just, it's a very popular Stones album. Maybe maybe it's not that popular, but I just I remember that one, the cover more than any other Stones album. <laughs> But I'm trying to remember was, which one that is. is that it's the, the one they're all the like dressed in like different oh. colored suits, and they're looking up at the cameras if the camera's on the ceiling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This and one, like yeah, a the, couch. It's horrible. It's fucking horrible. That album fucking sucks. The bright colors. They're all wearing pink coats. Yeah, that Ooh. album's fucking trash. <laughs> it is bad. <laughs> it looks like trash just based off of the cover. <laughs> it's so awful yeah so whatever but um so going into like my bottom three here they're not they're not trash they're okay, okay. but right. but uh i guess my 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 least favorite was it's only rock and roll 1974 it's only rock and roll okay okay, it, okay. i mean the title track right it's only rock and roll but I which i don't think it. is that good of a song it's really um, not that good of a song so like, there's some stuff here that's memorable. Overall, it's just it's just uh, meh. And I I didn't even listen to a lot of these like in order. I just kind of like jumped around because I have a lot of these on vinyl already. I have this one too, mm-hmm. and I just it was just kind of like boring. It like bored me, and it, which is weird because the Stones like when they're not a boring band. Like they had they they do enough. Like they have enough going on to where they're not really a boring band. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like noise they create. There's, they do have a lot of energy even now, like today. I don't know how the fuck they're still alive, Richards and 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 Mick yeah. are. But it's just they're not a boring band. But this is a boring release, and I was very surprised because like, this should have been good. Like I like that title track. I think it's catchy, and I think it's I think it's cool. And what I assume is is Richards doing. There's like this downscaling chord progression during the. I like it part. Like mm-hmm. the, I like it, like it. It's fucking cool, man. Like <laughs> dude, Richards is I mean, I I don't think he's underrated because people speak very highly of him, but in my book because I've never dove into them, I think he's a phenomenal guitar player. He's good. He's definitely phenomenal good. guitar player. I would never consider him like top 30 or even maybe 50. Oh, that's crazy. That is insane. I, I just wouldn't. I don't think he's that you, remarkable of a guitar player. I think, I think there's arguably nobody else in history that can write just a catchy riff like he can. Oh, I, I think you're wrong on that. Wow. Just like unbelievable. Just a lot of the songs that they do that are like their top 15 most popular Stone songs are based around a catchy fucking riff. True. Very true. And mm. that's about it. Like, cause they're pretty underwhelming. 
I guess. We'll get more into that, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. So that was your number 17. It's only rock and roll, which is what their 14th album. I think I have. I wrote them all down. or I tried to write them all down. Uh, 16th album. I think this one is. <laughs> it's insane. They put out way too many records for their own good. Or not enough. <laughs> no, too many. Uh, so my my least favorite out of their first 17 records, everything pre-1980. Uh, honestly, this was like, this surprised oh, God, me. This one really surprised me because I just couldn't believe how boring it was. And that's Exile on Main Street. You're like, stupid. What You're a fucking, fucking dumb, dumb. boring You're record. Like, du- that no. flew over your head. It went over your head. Hear, you had no idea out. what you're talking out. about. <laughs> Hear no me out, like you have some, you have some great fucking, al- you have some pretty good albums before that. Baker's Banquet, it comes off of Sticky Fingers, which is a pretty solid record. Uh, you know, th- there's some pretty good stuff before this, and Exile on Main Street. It's the double record, it's a double album, and it, like, it just shows they didn't care really because they didn't. It's just boring, man. It's just straight boring. I could not wait until this record was over. There's nothing really that I remember from this record except for like some of the more popular parts. Outside of that, I, th- I think it's it's not very good. The one song I kind of liked was "Shake Your Hips," oh. uh, just a little bit more fun. It's a little bit of a bluesier number. It kind of reminds me of uh, ZZ Top a bit, but overall, the it's just it's just boring and it's just mid, really boring mid tempo blues dad rock. That's what this record is, and I'll, I'll fight anybody on it. I just it's a this is a wildly overrated record. I, I was yeah, shocked. I, I clearly probably listened to it with your ears closed, but that's fine. <laughs> it's not good, dude. That's fine. I have some good things to say about some of these records, but... I don't think you do. I think we're starting off good. right where I thought we'd start off. You can't tell me this is in your top five. There's no way. Do, do you want me to tell you right no. now? No, you're dumb. I'll, I'll tell I you right I'll, now. I guess, right I guess now. I'll know. I guess I'll know in a few minutes. But Yeah, yeah you'll know when I get to my top three. You'll know. <laughs> you're so dumb. That's so yeah. wrong. Yeah, you'll know. Okay, so what's your uh, what's your number sixteen out of the bottom three? Uh, December's Children. Okay, this is this is nineteen sixty five. This is not this is not bad. This is a good like inter- intermediary between the Stones' straight up rock and roll blues sound and their kind of like progression as a band that wants to do more than just like American blues covers. So it's it's fine, it's cool. It's like solid. get off my cloud. I think that's a cool like boardwalk R and B sound to it. It's a rad song. It's catchy. It's a fine album. Like this I'd, would be pretty one point seven maybe. That's a little high. But get off my cloud. That was uh that was when I had no idea that was the Stones. No idea at all. Yeah. So when that came on, I was very surprised, pleasantly surprised because that's a, solid that's a good song. song. Yeah. yeah, it's that's my favorite off of that one. But that one doesn't break my top five. So. Yeah, um, yeah, it doesn't. It's. It. I'll tell you right now. It's my number eight. December's Children is my number eight. So yeah. So that was your number seventeen. Huh? Or yeah, their second. Their second worst for me. Second worst for you was that December's Children. Yeah. Okay. Um. My uh my number my second worst best or second worst is uh Rolling Stones now their fourth record I guess. It gets all really confusing. So I I I think this is their fourth record. And uh, I just, it, like a lot of their really early records, it just kind of bleeds into one another. Like it just, I don't, I, it's hard to tell the difference between their first like four records. It's just, it's tough. It's not bad. Yeah. It, but it's like it once you matter. hear, once you hear like one record, you're like, okay, I know this style. I know that they're, they're good at it. 
and I don't really want to hear more. But then you hear five more and you're like, dude, this is, I was burnt out after like the third record. And I just like, dude, they, like they, they got to get better than this. After. <laughs> they they got to do something more than these records. And thankfully they did. Cause you know, 17 of these kind of records would have been pretty awful. So yeah, that's my, that's my number 16. I don't really have a favorite off of it because it's just, it's all the same. Yeah. It's all the same. It was, it was, uh, it was, it was fun to listen to their first album. You're like, holy shit, like they have a cool rock and roll sound to it. And then like six albums later, you're like, okay, cool. They're still doing that same exact thing. Okay. It's way too much. It's not bad. It's just, dude, I don't want to hear it again. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So uh, what's your number 15? Your third, your third worst. Uh, Out of, out of our heads, out of our heads. This one was, I think like right before, right after, I think right before December's Children, and yeah, this was album. 65. Um, it was, again, nothing really wrong with it, just more of that stone sound from this era. There's, there are snippets here of like a harder rock sound mm-hmm. and, and more of, of like a better blues rock, not like, like you said, dad rock. That's a good way to describe this band a lot of times. Yeah, it's is, awful. Like uh, just a blues rock band, you'd see it like a bar. So like that type of blues rock. But then there's like good blues rock where you can really get into it. And they have, they, they did, they, they eventually found a way to elevate the blues rock sound. But yeah, to an extent, it wasn't here. Oh, they for sure did. Um, but my favorite song is That's How Strong My Love Is. This one kind of foreshadowed like a little bit of the jammy bluesy stuff that the Stones would later expand on in later years. And, it's a cool song. It kind of reminded me of like CCR a bit in its tone. It kind of had that, not necessarily the Bayou sound, but it kind of had that same country, like, maybe like like tone down. Like you, like you turn the tone arm down on your guitar, and oh, okay, I see things just sound not like flat, but they just sound. They have that sound to it. Whatever that sound is, I don't know, but that's what it kind of reminded me of. And I liked it. I would I would I would pick this up. I'd probably pick up almost any of the uh I would pick up any of the records <laughs> in our top seventeen if they were like a couple dollars. I okay. I mean if you if you're into Rolling Stones, I can see that. A couple bucks, <laughs> yeah. I could see that. Okay, so that was your third worst. Let's see. Fucking here. exile on Main Street. You're Dude, that so album was not stupid. good. That you're album was so I was fucking dumb. That album was just so Beyond oh boring my for God, me. Dude. It's just, oh. <laughs> so my my third worst is twelve by five. Uh this is their second record. Um it's just it's not as heavy hitting as the first and third record. And there's just way too much harmonica on it, and I hate the harmonica. I do not like it at all. And they used it quite a bit in their early, early years. Um and this record it was it was all over this one. And if I had to pick a song, it'd be it's all over now. But right now, I don't even remember what that song sounds like. But it's all over now. And I used to love her, but it's all over now. Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't think it's that great of a record. So that's my, that's my third worst of theirs. Okay. So uh, I guess let's get into our top six, because that makes sense. totally wrong. So yeah, I I mean, I, I do want to say Emotional Rescue and Tattoo You. Those are 1980, 1981. Uh Those are my number 12 and 13. I think those okay. are pretty damn good. These, <laughs> like, th- they did 80s music good, and then they did 80s, 80s music very, very bad. And this is 80s music good. There's, 
there's like the campiness of the eighties sound and an emotional rescue. I feel like they embrace it. They, they knew it was stupid and they said, yeah, fuck it. Let's just go with it. There's some disco in there. It's fine. It's good. It's great. Mm. Pick it up. Fine. It's great. Yeah. yeah. That's great. It's good. Um, okay. Okay. So do we want to do our top six or do you want me to run through my, my remaining ones so you can get mad at me? First? Yeah, I do. I do want you to run through your remaining ones. So you had your top three, your bottom three already. What's the yeah. next one? So the next one is, uh, the Rolling Stones number two, their third album. Okay. And, uh, just, yeah, just more boring. That's uh, fine. Next one, number 13 is Black and Blue. Uh, Ooh, that's mine fi- too. 15th album. So quite a, quite deep into their career. Uh, Hague Negrita was the only kind of fun one. So that's my number 13. My number 12 is It's Only Rock and Roll. We already talked about that. Uh, number 11 is England's Newest Hitmakers. This is their okay. first album. Uh, we already talked about that. Uh, number 10 is Between the Buttons. This one was really disappointing to me, but still better than everything I mentioned prior. That one um, was very disappointing to me, too, because it's it's widely hailed as being one of their best. Yeah, it, it, it's weird. I, I don't get it. There's a lot of like Beatles influence on it, but not. It's just it's they didn't do it well on this one on Between the Buttons. So. So, yeah, so I got that one. And then my number nine is Out of Our Heads. Uh, their fifth record, you know, it's just, it's a little bit louder than than what they were doing prior, but outside of that, it's whatever. Number eight for me is December's Children. Get off my cloud, obviously, we talked about. Uh, my number seven is Aftermath and uh, Paint It Black, come on. I mean, that that is their best song through and through, but not their best record. Seventh best record and their seventh album. So there you go. Huh. That's my, that's that's where I sit. So are you so surprised? You, okay. You? Not, well, no, no. The You're only thing I'm really surprised exile. at, exile. I, I think that's 100% wrong. I think you are wrong, and I think you listen to it wrong, and I think that your ears are wrong. But that I am. One, I'm telling you, that one surprised me too because I knew that I knew how popular it was, and coming off of what it what it was what was prior, I just I couldn't believe that they made a record like that. I thought it was just beyond boring. It was BB beyond boring? So I I am surprised that some girls is in your top six. Why? Because it's, uh, I mean, I, I guess we'll get to it when you get to it. Um, so my number six is Let It Bleed. Okay. This right. is uh, 1969. This is like the golden years for the Stones. Like they're uh, one right. of the albums that defined the band. And I really like it. I, I, this one I got for free too. And this was kind of uh, like my first glimpse into, hey, I don't hate this band. They're pretty good. And then okay. the next one I got was Exile, and the rest is history. But it, I'm this that one didn't turn you off from the band. Get the fuck out of here! This one goes along with like Beggars, and it kind of doubles down on some of the rock and roll sound from their early years. And I don't have anything negative to say about this album. I think it's a good album, mm-hmm. but me not my fiver, just a lot better. But I think I can't, or you can't always get what you want. I think it's a cool ass song. I love it. I really. It's fucking it's rad. It's cheesy, a, man. Uh, but it's fun, dude. It's it's cool. I, I like that cheesiness. And the Stones do the cheesiness very well. And they do... It's weird because half the time I think they're so conceited and up their own ass. But then the other time I feel like they just don't give a fuck about even like their own music. And so I, it's it, they're a weird band. They're just a very bizarre band. But Country Honk... Oh, yeah, I remember that song. That's a fucking cool... That's a fun song just to like sing along to. And, and then... Gimme shelter, right? Yeah. Like now, now that we've done like the the rat pod thing, like that song's got more chutzpah to it, and 
Like it's it's just it's cool. Like I like listening to it now because it's I don't know. I never never like hated it, but I just never listened actively listened to it or enjoyed it until we like started doing the rap pod thing. And now that like the stones just all kind of came together. It was nice. Surprising. Surprising. All right. So my number six is also Let It Bleed. Oh uh, like you said, came out in sixty nine, right? Yeah. And uh Golden Era, this is their eleventh record in like nine years or something. Something <laughs> stupid like that. Uh this is only this low because it's like a lesser version of Baker's Banquet. Um, good, but just not, just just kind of, it, it's a little bit lackluster. My favorite song is Gimme Shelter. Uh, just kind of the same reasons why you like it. It's just, I kind of knew this song already, and it's just a little bit more of an exciting record than everything before it. So that's that's where I stand on this. That's my number mm. six. Let it mm. beat. All right. So what do you got for number five? Number five. Aftermath, dude. Aftermath. No, it's actually number seven. But it's number five. This should have been your top five. Here's this is like no. the first time we heard like real country western influence on the band. Mm-hmm. Beforehand, it was just kind of like the harmonica that was leading the charge, and it was kind of half-ass and just thrown in there to sound to sound American. Mm-hmm. And this this yeah. band like started off as a band that seemed like they just wanted to sound like Americans. But uh, I know, eh. sad. They they did right. They they did like oh. a lot of like boardwalks. Like I, I I call it like boardwalk because the songs that they covered were songs that I listened to while working at Knots on the boardwalk, which that's, were Beach Boys songs. But not like all Beach Boys. But that like era of, of like R and B music. That's not the Beach Boys. So it's not. I'm a fucking idiot! Get the fuck out of here. So uh, what were we talking about here? Aftermath. <laughs> like paint it black, dude. Come on. Paint I, I black. That's my favorite this, song by them. This is like the top three biggest banger for the Stones. I mean, top five. This and is their best one. Well, you think Paint and Black's your best song? But yeah, Paint and Black is their best song. I don't know about that. Um, but is. like, dude, Paint and Black is so fucking good. High and Dry is also on this one, and that's a damn banger too. Like, again, that's that's where we get like a real glimpse into another genre that the Stones can get into. And then mm. Going Home, an eleven-minute banger. <laughs> Holy shit. You think they're good at their their long songs like that? I think they're good because they're like us. They know how to do a couple things, and they just want to extend it to eleven minutes and just have fun. But if that were like any other band, come on, I've learned a lot from our album of the week from the, like this band. Mm-hmm. I think the album of the week perfectly like captures who they are not their sound by any means but who they are as a band oh yeah i know i i agree with you on that one for and after i i listened to the album of the week with a certain mindset i was like dude this is it's my number two so i said i was just like Spoiler, dude like dude this is this is it i get it i love these guys oh okay so, but go ahead. so what's your number five so my number five is some girls this is their 17th record uh, this is the last one I listened to. Uh, I think it's the last one I listened to, right? Yeah. Um, this uh, this was this was a big surprise. I really really enjoyed myself. This is like when they they took a more punk influence. I put that in very very loose terms. Uh, very, it's it's punk. It's kind of new wave. They say a little bit of disco, but I don't really hear it. Um, it's mostly like overall, the beats, like the like, like the driving bass. Yeah, like that's, that's about it. Yeah, I guess I guess so. There there are some slower moments on it on this record, but everything else makes up for it. It's um it's just solid. It's a pretty solid record. I I kind of enjoyed it. I wouldn't go back to it, 
but it was a nice, nice. <laughs> it was nice after a couple of records that were just kind of like lackluster. After but, all that, we're still not even in the twos for you. <laughs> Fuck. So uh, my my favorite song on this one is "Miss You." Uh, I had no idea that that song and "Shattered" were the Rolling Stones. That blew my mind. No idea. Okay. But that that is that was pretty cool. So "Miss You" is just such a sick song. So just in general. So that's my number five is "Some Girls." That that was that that surprised the hell out of me. Seventeen. That's a cool. Uh, that has a cool. <laughs> Um, jacket too, like like a the record jacket itself is cool because I have that one, and it's got faces cut out like silhouettes. So when you pull the the like the little sleeve that holds the record, you pull that out. Yeah. Now you can see through the faces to like the white part of the back of the record, and so you can flip the jet ja- or the in- inner sleeve forwards or backwards, and depending on which one you do, it has just a bunch of faces. And on one side they have lipstick, and the other side they don't have lipstick. So it's kind of fun. Oh, it's okay. kind of funny. It's a very, very kind of late seventies, early eighties kind of thing. They have a lot of, they have a lot of cool covers, and fun things on their album albums. Eh, a lot eh, of times, maybe, maybe. No, they do. I'm no, I'm telling you, they do. So yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. So what's your number four? Number four, Sticky Fingers. Okay. 1971. This is this is a solid album. It really dives into the blues, not just. Not just like blues rock, but like blues roots, like gospel side of blues. Mm-hmm. There's there's like this kind of gritty, messy side of blues. And for some reason, over the years, like we tend to kind of forget that and we tend to really like focus on like Clapton, for instance. Fuck man, like ugh, barf. Clapton has <laughs> has has he has no mess. He's he's too perfect to be doing blues music, and that's like that's what irritates me the most is blues needs to be like perfect it needs to be gritty dude it needs to be messy it needs to be sloppy it needs to be needs to get it needs to have some type of emotion to it and clapping Mm. is just meh i i I agree with you on that i i think he's amazing but i just i can't get into him he is too clean way too clean but um dude sticky fingers was good sticky fingers got into that gritty messy side of the blues that Mm. that earlier delta blues derived from my gospel and and hymns and things like that. Sticky Fingers did a fantastic job at that. And yeah. I thought this was a banger of an album. Um, but my favorite, you got to move. So okay. this is now one of my top, my favorite Stone songs. I think it's so bluesy. Like I was saying earlier, Delta bluesy, gospel even. Like the twang of the guitar and how messy it sounds here is so fucking perfect. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I don't... I, I I didn't like research too much, but I'm just I just assume most of the of the best guitar parts are always Keith Richards, and so that's why <laughs> that's why I think he's he's absolutely fantastic. At first, I wouldn't have agreed with you, but then seeing that, like how Brian Jones was deteriorating, like I yeah Keith Richards was the he was the he was the guy. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, so number four is Sticky Fingers for you. Sticky fingers. Uh, number four is also sticky fingers for me. Sticky fingers. The, uh, like you said, um, it's kind of I guess later on. This is our eleventh record, uh, and I agree with you so much on the uh, on the Mississippi Delta Blues. Like it, it's so much of that, but it is it's a grittier version of that. It's like if I don't want to compare Keith Richards to any of those blues guitar players because he's not even in the same realm as them as like Muddy Waters and 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 Sunhouse and anything like that. 
but like if they were given like a proper electric guitar like keith richards was it would have been like this but better like tone wise it would have been like this so the the tone was great and and some of those licks were really great um my favorite song is can't you hear me knocking this is their the longest song on it i think it i don't remember how long it is but i think it's like eight minutes long uh there's a lot of jamming there's a there's a saxophone in it which is nice i really like the organ playing also when i got the blues great i love organs um the and i think at this point when i was listening i put in my notes at the very end of this one i said i would really like to hear less mick jagger and <laughs> i think that's why i like um that that song can't you hear me knocking because it's a lot less of mick jagger because damn he's underwhelming but um so yeah that's my number four sticky okay. fingers all right so what do you got for number three would you give sticky fingers a two no dude what are you doing what are you? How are you serious? I'm not going to tell you anything more about my ring. You're no, fucking no, no. nuts. Your fucking brain is <laughs> all poop. All poop. <laughs> uh, all right. What do you got for number three? Number three is is Exile. Exile on Main Street, oh, 1972. Dude, so this is uh, you. You clearly didn't even fucking listen to this. I so. did listen to it. This I is like an, through it. This is this is. Um, this is like a, a jam sesh that the Stones did. It was super unorganized. It was, it was like kind of like different shit every day. They didn't really know what they were doing. They didn't know how they wanted to approach things. It was just like a mess. And that's what the Stones are. The Stones are a mess. They've always been a mess. They're just I don't know why I've always thought that they were never a mess, but they've always been a mess. They never even hide the fact that they're a mess. And Exile on Main Street was just a mess of musicians coming together and just fucking making some really cool jams, man. They're really good. This is unbelievable. Like this is like the third stone out. Maybe the second, I think it was the second stones out. Maybe the third, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Second or third that I bought or I I got in a, in a pile and I put this one on and I was just, I was, I was entranced. I, I was just like, Holy fuck, dude, you guys are killing it out here. You're doing so many songs and they're all they're all in that that same that same realm that that blues rock rock and roll sound but i don't know man there's just something kind of there's just something kind of like sloppy about this one there's something kind of thrown together something kind of diy almost about this one okay. that just really really got me was did they also i don't remember um cuz i read so much about this damn band was this also when they were using their their mobile studio like the start of it right didn't they yeah. record it like in Spain or? Yeah, I this. I think that was just called like the the Rolling Stones Mobile Studio, mm-hmm. and like there's pictures of it too, what and a it looks. Name, right? Yeah, but it it looks so shitty. <laughs> like it looks so <laughs> stupid. Like I don't know. Maybe it's just the '70s. Like this may have been top of the line. I don't know, but this looks fucking terrible. This looks <laughs> like something you would see like in a library, a school library. Let me see here. Rolling Stones. Oops. Rolling Stones. A lot of people have like you. Other bands have used this the their their studio too. Like, like well known bands. Like we talked about Deep Purple using it. Yeah. For uh, Smoke on the Water. Oh yeah, it looks like a trash truck. Yeah, it looks just like shit. <laughs> like I'm looking at one from from the front of the truck, and it literally looks like a trash truck. Whoa. It's kind of cool. Seems, like in, the inside is kind of cool. 
It's small. It's, just, but it's weird. A band of this caliber at this time, like I don't know. I feel like they would have. They should have done something. Not should they? They. It seems more like their character to, to do something over the top and extravagant and have like a double decker bus or something. You know. Yeah. This actually, is, this is too I, humbling. I, I don't agree with you on that. This is too humbling for them. They're not humble. They've never been humble. Well, okay. I we'll, we'll get more into this this talk this topic on the main episode, but. But dude, Exile Main Street is so good. There's some fast stuff, some slow stuff, some some stuff that's like heavy rooted in like country, and then other stuff that's clearly influenced by like gospel. And I think it's just a well-rounded, fantastic Stones album. I don't get it, man. I don't get it. But I mean, if you if you're digging it, then yeah. Uh, yeah I dig that you also dig it too, but you're just but trying I to don't. pretend like you don't dig it. But that's fine. I don't. Okay, so my number three is uh, Beggar's Banquet. This one, um, I mean, this is their arguably their their most successful, their or their most popular, I guess. Uh, I knew several of the songs on this one. It, it's just a pretty solid record through and through. I, it's good. The fuck is your number one? Goat's head. It's good. It's good. Uh, so yeah, my number three is Baker's Banquet. My favorite song <laughs> is uh, Street Fighting Man. I'm sure you'll talk about it more because you haven't said this one yet, and I'm sure this is probably your number one because you're a cuck. But. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so my my number three is Beggar's Banquet. I mean, there's not much more that needs to be said. The cover artwork is kind of iconic for the band, and yeah, there you go. Your tenth record, my number three. There you go. So what okay. do you got for number two? Number two is uh, is our album of the week, Her Majesty's Satanic Request. Okay. What a title. <laughs> mm. Um. So so my number two is Goat Goat's Head Soup. That's my number two. This one really surprised me. Really, really surprised me. I'm surprised you put it so high. Because it's good. It's a it's a pretty solid record. Um, it's my number nine. Really? That low? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I, I have nothing really... The only, I guess, bad thing I have to say is the one slow song, which is... Uh, what song was it? Coming uh, Coming Down Again. That was like the first time like they were really starting to get into the ballads. And that was kind of lame, but everything else kind of made up for it. Uh, there were slower moments, but they were more like atmospheric and just kind of relaxing, which was nice. And then they would bust into like a fast part or a fast song. It was just, it was a pretty solid record and kind of the story behind it when they, how they recorded it in Jamaica because they were tax evaders <laughs> and everybody was like in trouble because of drugs or something, whatever, you know? So the story behind it was kind of interesting. And yeah, my favorite song is, 100 years ago it's a faster jam the use of the wah pedal was cool uh kind of in the later half of the song which they kind of bring out throughout parts of the record too which I, they had never used up until that point and never used as far as i know after uh which was interesting but yeah there you go goat's head soup big surprise for me did not think i would find a record this late into their career that i would enjoy is, is this a two uh barely oh my god barely a two Barely. Would you buy this on the vinyls? If it was like two dollars, that's not not gonna happen. Five dollars at the most. I would never pay I've, more than five dollars for this record. I've seen it. I've seen it ten once. No, I wouldn't pay ten bucks. I would not pay ten dollars for this. You're okay. Well, that's wrong too. That's fine. <laughs> I, no, I'm okay. sorry. I'm sorry, man. You're not sorry. Know. You're not sorry at all. This is you think this is funny or something? I don't know, <laughs> but that's fine. Um. So yeah, my number one's Beggar's Banquet. Um. This is this is their best album. This is uh. 
this is fantastic. This is this is a certified banger. This is this is like very very heavy inspired by blues and country and like again going back to like the delta blues, the roots of the blues. Mm-hmm. Where did blues come from? Let's do that sound because we've heard them do what they think the blues sound is for the first yeah. like fucking 25 albums. No, it was like the first 7 or something, I don't know. But this is good, dude. Albums. This this like this is almost like a like a blues country rock album and it's just this like the stones put their name on it mm-hmm. but there's still a lot of like good rock and roll vibes and a lot of good rock and roll attitudes on the album and of course sympathy for the devil is a certified banger that is a great song i, I do love that song like dude they it's so bizarre how many years i've spent like disliking the stones because of songs like start me up which i fucking don't like and other songs <laughs> like Satisfaction, which I think the the riff is cool, but Jagger annoys a shit out of me on that song. But <laughs> that same band also does like Paint It Black and Simpy for the Devil. Like what the fuck? How? Yeah, very different songs for sure. Where did you where did you come from? But whatever. Factory Girl. No, that's my favorite song. Factory Girl. Oh, that song, yes. Factory Girl. Yeah, that's the uh I think that's the second to last song or the last song. No, the second to last song is Solid Leaders is the last song. But Factory Girl is my favorite. There's a lot of cool like percussive instruments and it makes it like a cool folky tune. And it's got like this really bluesy folky vibe to it. I dig it. Okay. I can see that. Factory Girl, that's a solid song. Okay. Beggars is good. It's good. It's good. I don't know if I'd give it a, maybe I'd give that one a two as well. Maybe. Okay, so my number one is the album of the week, and it's uh, their Satanic Majesty's Request. So stay tuned for the main episode because we'll get into that uh, more in depth. So yeah, go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on their following social media, SNI Radio, and go listen because it's the best. So that's it. That's all. Mm. Dip, dip.